Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Daily Roundup of the biggest news from the world of films. This is the Daily Weekend Omnibus Corner. For those of you who want a longer show with fewer episodes without missing any of the week's film industry and entertainment news. And it was quite the week. It marked the 45th anniversary of Bugsy Malone, Nicholas Winding Refn's Drive turned a decade old, Tommy Lee Jones celebrated his 75th birthday, and we had all of this going on. In a new report, the Wall Street Journal has claimed that Black Widow actress Scarlett Johansson initially demanded $100 million up front following Disney's decision to release the feature simultaneously in cinemas and day and date to streaming. It turns out that the actress and her legal team somehow came to the conclusion that the Marvel blockbuster would have made $1.2 billion worldwide during its originally proposed theatrical run, and that in order to facilitate a shift to a hybrid release, Johansson was owed $100 million as recompense for lost bonuses. For context, just six MCU features have grossed over $1.2 billion, with those six including Iron Man 3, Black Panther, and the four Avengers movies. So it's safe to say that that figure might have been a touch optimistic. Johansson's legal representatives allegedly approached Disney with a $100 million figure as a, quote, starting bid, though negotiations apparently didn't get especially far, as Disney never actually responded. So after being ghosted by Mickey, Johansson decided to sue over what she claims is a breach of contract, and thus the two parties have been engaged in a very public war of words ever since. If sources close to the dispute are to be believed and neither side chooses to settle, the issue is due to be raised before an LA court this October. Meanwhile, Black Widow is available to buy on DVD and Blu-ray, coincidentally from today, and will be available to stream for all Disney Plus subscribers from Wednesday, October 6th. Okay, you got a plan or shall I just stay duck and cover? My plan was to drive us away. Mad Max Fury Road director George Miller's upcoming prequel Furiosa has been delayed by almost an entire year. The film will be led by the Queen's Gambit breakout Anya Taylor-Joy, inheriting the role from Fury Road Charlize Theron. Taylor-Joy will be joined by the God of Thunder himself Chris Hemsworth, as well as rising star Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. The prequel set to show Furiosa's rise to becoming the villainous Immortan Joe's most trusted lieutenant, but otherwise plot details remain tightly under wraps. Originally set for the 23rd of June 2023, Furiosa will now arrive on the 24th of May. May 2024, with shooting expected to kick off in New South Wales, Australia next year. I set the sequence myself. This rig goes nowhere without me. You can get it. Not without them. No Time to Die is set to be James Bond's longest mission to date. The long-delayed final outing for Daniel Craig's esteemed super spy will reportedly clock in at a whopping 163 minutes long. That's a bladder-crippling 2 hours and 43 minutes for anyone struggling to do the math. Craig's Bond films have historically trended longer than the rest of the franchise, but even so, No Time to Die eclipses previous title holder Spectre by a full quarter of an hour. More than enough time to 
die. The news comes as MGM Studios have finalised Bond's release date and given the go-ahead to theatres to begin selling tickets. Ironically though, one studio not set to be pleased by Bond finally committing is former rights holder Sony Pictures. Reacting to the barnstorming success of Marvel's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings last week, they shifted their forthcoming sequel Venom Let There Be Carnage up by two weeks to October 1st, giving it just six days in US theatres until No Time to Die is suddenly taking up every major screen. Though given that Venom 2's runtime is apparently a lean 90 minutes, perhaps they can fit a few more showings in around Bond. No Time to Die has been directed by Kerry Fukunaga and will blast into UK cinemas on the 30th of September, before being followed by Venom Let There Be Carnage two weeks later on this side of the pond on the 15th of October. Um, may I remind you that I answer directly to M. I also have a mortgage and two cats to feed. Well, then I suggest you trust me for the sake of the cats. Joker star Mark Maron is set to return to the world of DC Comics, voicing Superman's arch-nemesis Lex Luthor in the forthcoming animated comedy DC League of Super Pets. The film will be a comedic take on the DC universe, following the popular pets of DC superheroes as they band together to fight crime, and starring Dwayne Johnson as the voice of Crypto the Superdog and Kevin Hart as Ace the Bathound. Also on board with their secret identities under wraps are Kate McKinnon, John Krasinski, Vanessa Bayer, Natasha Leone, Diego Luna, Jamila Jamil, and Keanu Reeves. Mark Maron announced the news on his popular weekly podcast, WTF, which has new episodes available every Monday and Thursday, while DC League of Super Pets is scheduled to swoop into cinemas on the 20th of May next year. I liked your podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. Thanks. I used to work on the street and I'd listen to it while I was walking. Right. Yeah, podcasts are good for jobs like that. Acclaimed actor Jeff Bridges has announced that his cancer is in remission. Almost a full year after the 71-year-old announced that he'd been diagnosed with lymphoma, the cancerous mass afflicting him that had previously measured in at 9 by 12 inches has now shrunk to the size of a marble thanks to life-saving medical treatments. In a post to his website, the dude himself explained that the process had been an arduous one that had unfortunately left his immune system compromised at the worst possible time, during the midst of a global health crisis. As such, Bridges also revealed in his statement that both he and his wife had contracted COVID-19, and that the actor was forced to spend five weeks in the hospital. But putting his trademark lackadaisically positive spin on the experience, Bridges said, This brush with mortality has brought me a real gift. Life is brief and beautiful. Love is all around us and available at all times. It's a matter of opening ourselves to receive the gift. We often want some other gift that life isn't giving us. I mean, who would want to get cancer and COVID? Well, it turns out I would. I would because I get to learn more about love and learn things that I never would have if I never got it. Thanks to the hard work of his doctors and nurses, the star is reportedly almost finished requiring the aid of breathing assistance, and in a happy end to the tale, recently walked his daughter Haley down the aisle and danced with her at her wedding. We here at The Daily Reel wish him all the best, and Bridges can next be seen in FX's espionage series The Old Man, due out next year. We're gonna f*** you up. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. For the first time in a long time. 
What's new in the world of Knives Out 2? Well, the hotly anticipated sequel has now finished shooting. The film's returning director Ryan Johnson announced the news on Twitter, writing, We just wrapped production on the next Benoit Blanc mystery, sending so much love and gratitude to our incredible crew and cast. The presently entitled sequel will see the return of Daniel Craig's gentleman super sleuth, the man who famously solves it all with a southern drawl. Also along for the ride this time are franchise newcomers Dave Batista, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, Madeline Klein, Jessica Henwick, and Ethan Hawke. Filming took place on the island of Spetses in Greece, and the sequel, which will be a Netflix exclusive, is set to debut sometime next year. You have not been good to her. You have all treated her like to steal back a fortune that you lost and she deserves. You're a pack of vultures at the feast. Knives out, beaks bloody. Acclaimed director Christopher Nolan has officially departed his near two-decade-long partnership with Warner Brothers and will team with Universal on his next feature. Nolan famously fell out with Warner's last year following the company's decision to send its entire 2021 slate of films day and date to their fledgling streaming service HBO Max after giving the directors, producers, cast and crew involved in said films less than a day's notice of the seismic shift. In an oft-repeated quote, Nolan furiously slammed the decision, saying, Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio, and woke up to find they were working for the worst streaming service. The Inception Helmer has since reportedly been shopping his latest project around, with Universal being the studio to land the rights to the upcoming film, which will reportedly be a biopic of World War II scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer, the man widely considered the father of the atomic bomb. Nolan's previous flick, the time-traveling cinema-saving thriller Tenet, is available now on digital, DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K. Can I recommend a tailor? I'll manage. You British don't have a monopoly on snobbery, you know. Well, not a monopoly. More of a controlling interest. 33 years after the original Twins graced movie theaters, unlikely brothers Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito are set to discover they're part of a trio, with 30 Rock's Tracy Morgan set to play their long-lost sibling in Triplets. Original director and producer Ivan Reitman will return for the project, which will follow the original pair discovering their long-lost sibling and learning to be part of a family together. Explaining how the project came about, Reitman told Deadline, Twins was quite successful, and some years after this whole thing started, with Arnie meeting Eddie Murphy, and the suggestion came from one of them. We started a script with Eddie, but he got himself booked up heavily. I've been good friends with Tracy Morgan for a long time, and always thought he was one of the funniest men in the world. I thought he would make a terrific triplet, and we rewrote the whole script for him. Triplets is expected to begin shooting early next year, and will go on sale to studios at the Toronto Film Festival market shortly. Tell the Clay brothers that harassing a man who's already in the slammer is beneath even them, alright? I don't know any Klein brothers. I'm your brother, Julius. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Deadpan comedian, actor, writer and beloved Saturday Night Live star Norm Macdonald has died at the age of 61 after a fierce battle with cancer. Initially starting as a writer on American sitcom Roseanne in 1992, the Canadian comedian went on to join the cast of SNL just one year later. Then in 1994, Macdonald began his four-year stint as the host of the show's satirical news segment Weekend Update. His tenure was cut short, however, when an NBC executive removed him from the show following the acquittal of O.J. Simpson, to which McDonald memorably quipped, well, it's finally official, murder is legal in the state of California. After a three-year stint with his own chat show, McDonald became a major fixture of the late 90s and early noughties Hollywood comedy scene, bagging himself supporting roles in big-screen projects like Billy Madison, The People vs. Larry Flint, Dirty Work, Dr. Doolittle, Screwed, The Animal, and Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. In his later years, McDonald mostly transitioned from on-camera work to voice acting, voicing Death in Family Guy, Pigeon in Adult Swim's Mike Tyson Mysteries, and on Seth MacFarlane's Star Trek pastiche The Orville, due to return to screen shortly for its third season, and for which McDonald had recorded new appearances as the jelly-like and scene-stealing Lieutenant Yaffet. Sure to be missed, Norm McDonald is survived by his only son, Dylan. Hey, this occurred to me today. Uh, ID, ID, which I had to show it again. There's a strange abbreviation when you think about it. I is short for I. <laughs> and then D is short for dentification. Bryce Dallas Howard has signed on to make her feature directorial debut, directing a gender-swapped remake of the 1986 sci-fi cult classic Flight of the Navigator, exclusively for Disney+. The original followed a 12-year-old boy named David, who, after being knocked out, finds that eight years have passed and embarks on an adventure with a sentient, wisecracking UFO named Max. A millennial fave, it starred Joey Kramer, a pre-sex in the city Sarah Jessica Parker, and Veronica Cartwright, and was directed by Greasehalmer Randall Kleiser. Director Bryce Dallas Howard recently cut her teeth directing two episodes of the Star Wars series The Mandalorian, as well as an episode of its upcoming spin-off The Book of Boba Fett with reports that her flight of the Navigator reimagining will largely be a cut and paste of the original, with updated special effects and a female lead. There's no production schedule for Flight of the Navigator just yet, but the book of Boba Fett is set to hit screens this December. Meanwhile, actress Bryce Dallas Howard can next be seen in the trilogy-closing Jurassic World Dominion, which is out on the 10th of June next year. David, what were those strange sounds? Strange sounds? From the geek's car. Wow. Well, that's called music. A day on from the news that Christopher Nolan's next picture had landed at Universal Studios, more details emerged about the sought-after director's demands. And, to put it mildly, they're a tad bold. Nolan is said to have engaged in executive-level discussions with most of the major studios, including Paramount, Universal, Sony, and, surprisingly, Apple, with the deal on offer being to host the director's next movie and to begin a new working relationship in the wake of his professional divorce from Warner Brothers after two decades. Said deal included the following demands. That the Tenet Helmer have complete creative control. That his next movie have at least a 100-day theatrical window. That the film would have a $100 million budget. That an amount equal to that would be spent on marketing. That 20% of the movie's gross would go directly into Nolan's bank account. And, perhaps most brazenly of all, 
that the movie would enjoy a so-called blackout period in which the studio wouldn't release another movie for three weeks before or after. The aftermath of their recent executive shake-up saw Paramount bow out immediately, whilst Apple couldn't commit to the theatrical window for the sake of streaming content. Able to tout their success in handling Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though, was Sony, though nobody stood a chance at brokering a deal evidently when, according to a source close to the negotiations, Universal just said yes. Universal Studios agreed unilaterally to Christopher Nolan's laundry list of assurances, and as such won the rights to the director's next, a biopic of J. Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb, who, whilst watching his creation be tested for the first time, famously said, Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer biopic is expected to begin filming next year. You want to crash a plane? But not from the air. That was so dramatic. I would have run a jet off the taxiway, breached the real war, and start fire. Well, how big a plane? Well, uh, that part is a little dramatic. Like a president and CEO, Travis Knight will return to direct the company's sixth stop-motion animated feature, entitled Wildwood. The film will be an adaptation of Colin Malloy and Carson Ellis' best-selling novel, about an enchanted wonderland on the outskirts of Portland into which a young girl must journey to save her kidnapped baby brother, facing all manner of talking animals, bandits, and powerful figures along the way. Knight previously produced both the Box Trolls and Paranorman for Laika, before going on to direct the Oscar-nominated critical darling Kubo and the Two Strings. He'd then go on to take a break from the world of animation in 2018 with the well-received Transformers spin-off Bumblebee. Talking about Wildwood, Knight said in a statement, Colin and Carson's novel is a lyrical work of art. The entire Laika family is fully committed to honouring it with a film of breathtaking spectacle and aching beauty, and I can't wait to share it with the world. Although we're doing this in stop motion, so, you know, I'll have to. Missing Link's Chris Butler will adapt the screenplay, and production said to be already underway at the studio's facility. Coincidentally, just outside Portland. Hanzo was a mighty samurai. He was alone, his family taken from him, his kingdom in ruins, and his army destroyed by the dreaded Moon King. Forthcoming action thriller Banshee has added its three core cast members in the form of Jamie King, Tommy Flanagan, and Zorro himself, Antonio Banderas. The feature will be directed by the harrowings John Keyes from a screenplay by Matthew Rogers and follows King's freelance assassin, codenamed Banshee, as she's ambushed by a powerful mercenary who murdered her father. But when Banshee learns that her former mentor, Banderas as Caleb, is now on her enemy's hit list, it's a race against time to find and protect him from an army of hired killers. Tommy Flanagan, best known for his role as Chibs in Sons of Anarchy, is on board to play the villain. In a statement, Keyes said, Banshee is a complex story of revenge and family, and having this incredibly talented cast to bring these characters to life is a dream. Banderas is coming off of his Oscar-nominated turn in Pedro Moldovar's Pain and Glory, and can next be seen in Mariano Cohn and Gaston Duprat's official competition, which is due out early next year. No production schedule for Banshee, meanwhile, has been announced. Excuse me, Don Rafael. I need to catch my breath. Your is a very spirited dancer. Blade Runner 2049 director Denis Villeneuve has joined the likes of Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola in throwing shade on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
Currently gearing up for the release of the Frank Herbert adaptation Dune, the acclaimed director told French magazine Premiere, the problem today, well, if we're talking about Marvel, the thing is, all these films are made from the same mold. Some filmmakers can add a little colour to it, but they're all cast in the same factory. The latest entry in the long-running superhero franchise, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, caught flack with critics for being very much set in the Marvel formula. Despite being the brand's first foray into the world of wuxia and martial arts, and pulling in just under $265 million in its first 13 days on release, even bagging the highest second weekend gross in the US since Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker nearly two years ago. Dune, seen as a tremendous financial gamble given the property's history of adaptation and intended as the first of a two-part story, stars Timothy Chalamet as the heir to the politically charged planet of Arrakis, tasked with maintaining his family's hold on the miracle drug, the Spice Melange. Also starring Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa and Rebecca Ferguson, Dune's due to hit UK cinemas on the 21st of October. I was careful not to drag in any dirt. I don't mind the dirt. I do mind. And announce visits. And finally, Nicolas Cage has vowed never to watch his next movie, in which he plays, well, Nicolas Cage. Production on director Tom Gormigan's The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is reportedly finished, with the movie following a fictionalized near-bankrupt version of Cage as he's recruited by the CIA. Offered a million dollars to attend the birthday party of a wealthy superfan who just so happens to be a feared drug lord, Cage attends wearing a wire in the hopes of busting one of the most dangerous men on the planet. When asked by Collider how he approached playing himself, his cageliness responded sagely, that is a really great question and I'm still trying to answer it. One of my answers is that I'm never going to see that movie. It's just too much of a whacked out trip for me to watch me playing Tom Gormigan's highly neurotic, anxiety-ridden version of me. The Cage Master elaborated, saying of Gormigan, he kept pushing me in that direction. I said, Tom, that's not really me. I'm really made of quiet, meditative, thoughtful moments. I'm not this neurotic, high-strung, anxiety-ridden guy all the time. But he said, well, neurotic Cage is the best Cage, so I won't see it. But I do hope you enjoy it. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, also starring Pedro Pascal and Tiffany Haddish, will debut in cinemas on the 22nd of April next year. You owe me 15000 I'll take 25% of the dope uncut. Uh, that means you're getting my price. That's one way of looking at it. The other is you get to keep 75% and not go to prison for the rest of your life. <laughs> Movies new to UK cinemas for the weekend include the off-kilter French comedy Mandibles, reissues and restorations of A Clockwork Orange, Hellraiser, The Maltese Falcon and Ghost in the Shell, there's the horror thriller The Gin, kidnap thriller Small World, adoption drama Rose Plays Julie, Nicolas Cage, funnily enough, in Prisoners of the Ghostland, British holiday park comedy La Chacha, documentaries The Story of Looking, Fauci and Escape from Extinction, teen romantic drama A Brixton Tale, stage comedy The Big Big hit, underdog sports drama 12 Mighty Orphans, children's spin-off Thomas and Friends Race for the Sodor Cup, and the girl-powered action of Gunpowder Milkshake, which is also available on Sky Cinema and to stream for now subscribers. All of which makes up your weekly reel for September 13th to the 17th, 2021. Have a great weekend. Don't forget to leave us a little rating or review wherever you're listening to the show. We're always up for some feedback. Keep it cinematic and we'll be back in the ticket booth come Monday. 
The Daily Reel is a Candy Store production presented by Van Connor and written by Calvin Prickett. All information is correct at the time of writing and source links are in the description for each episode. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on all good podcast platforms or ask Alexa to install the Daily Reel skill for your morning flash briefing. Follow the show on social at Daily Reel Pod and we'll be back every weekday. Until then, keep it cinematic. Thank you.